0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show Podcast. On this episode, we are going to hear from Dave Campbell of 630 Ched Elks Radio Analyst because I want to know how things are feeling in Edmonton after that collapse against the Bombers Thursday night. That's coming up on the podcast. Uh, Last night, a night to remember for the Bombers, obviously a night to forget. Probably if you're Edmonton, I imagine they're ruining another one that got away as their home losing skid falls to 22 straight games. And to find out, I talked to Elks radio analyst Dave Campbell with 630 Ched this afternoon. Have you gotten over what happened last night yet?
1: (laughs) That was a tough one. And, you know, I I don't know what's tougher. Uh, Getting shut out twice by the BC Lions, that's tough. Uh, Having a kick returner not know the rule in Saskatchewan and kneeling on a kickoff and conceding a single to lose the game. Uh, Then last night happened. And, you know, I... I think Christian, I, I'm of two minds. On one hand, I'm hopeful uh, off of last night's win. and Another hand, I'm frustrated, and uh, I think the frustration stems from this team's 0-9, and they have followed almost the same script for most of these nine games. Good start, good first half, of you know first half where they look like they are uh, right there with the opponent, and sometimes better than the opponent. And, uh, then implosion in their third quarters have been dreadful and, uh, they're outscored again, 14 to seven and they go into the fourth quarter and, you know, they, uh, they lose momentum and they turn the football over and, uh, they find ways to lose. And, you know, again, we're, you know, we're waiting for rock bottom We're you know, we're waiting, uh, maybe we, we found that last game against the lions or the previous game, but you know, uh, I think it's frustrating. Uh, just to see this uh, halfway through the season. And the team kind of follows the same script. And it's uh, puzzling, it's baffling, and it's, uh, like I say, it's very frustrating.
0: Well, last night specifically, it's 15 nothing after one. And the the offense has had a couple, well, one good drive and one big play. The defense is getting after Zach Hilaris. It looked incredible through, through 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And then after the, the pick... It's 22 nothing. Kolaris is out of the game. Did you allow yourself to think at any point that they were going to win this game?
1: You know, I thought at that point, I thought the Elks were going to win the game. And it's no disrespect to Drew Brown, who came in and played extremely well with 300 yards passing and four touchdowns. But, you know, I said to myself, look, if they could just find a way to play somewhere in the middle, you know, of 22 nothing, of, of kind of the way they were playing. Um, they would have found a way to win the football game. And even if, even they found a way to play somewhere closer to the middle, uh, you know, when it was 22, nothing compared to being outscored 38, seven, they probably squeaked the game out. Uh, But I think, you know, I've had this line set to me from, uh, an and a double E alumni saying the concern that he had is that this team gets satisfied too easily. So they get a, you know, they get a stop on third down or they get a touchdown early or they, you know, they, they get a sack, they get a turnover um, that they kind of rest on their laurels too much and are satisfied and they kind of forget to play the rest of the game. And um, maybe they were just too satisfied going into the break with a two score lead. I don't know. It's like, it's uh, trying to psychoanalyze this team is, you know, really difficult. and um, Sometimes it's just not very fruitful because uh, it could drive you crazy, but uh I honestly felt that the way they were playing, if they just, you know, obviously you're going to have a natural uh, get your foot off the gas pedal kind of reaction when you're up by three scores. And even when you knock out the best player in the game is Zach Caleros. But if they would have just, you know, kept their foot on the gas a little bit harder, you know, I think that they'd probably find a way to play the game or win the game. But if you don't play the game for four quarters and you don't play it sound and, and crisp and polished, like, you know, when the when the bombers started pushing, they had the Elks had no answer to it, and uh, you know it's a it's a tough one to swallow for sure.
0: And, but as you mentioned, it's a similar theme, right? Where the play calling becomes maybe a bit unimaginative. The defense has to spend so much time on the field because the offense can't keep themselves out there. And even the time they get the touchdown, it was a, th- a three play drive where they have the huge play to Chiron Moore. And again, the defense has to come right back out there. They spent so much time on the field in the second half, which is maybe the biggest problem this team has had all year, that their offense, I know they scored a lot of points last night, but they just can't do enough to, to take a little bit of stress off the defense.
1: Yeah, you know, but I will say, I'll, I'll, I'll stick up for the offense uh, some here. I felt the offense was better than we have seen all season. And maybe the yardage wasn't there necessarily. Pretty but- low bar, though. Oh well, I guess so. Yeah, but you know, you got to start somewhere, right? So, um, I felt the play calling in the first half was good from Jarius Jackson, and I agree with you. It kind of sunk to a conservative level in the second half, and they couldn't they couldn't stay on the field, right? And, um, and even the long touchdown, like you said, I mean that, that was a, that was a quick score, and here comes the defense. I will say, for the defensive side of things, when you have your opponent. Uh, whether it's the Bombers, whether it's the Hamilton Tiger Cats, you, you have them in second and 10 as much as they did, and a first and 30. Get off the field, please. And when it was scramble rules, and they, they, they forced Drew Brown to go out of the pocket uh, and scramble uh, several times, especially in those scenarios. And the Elk secondary just did not do a good job of locking onto a receiver. And I know it's really hard when the quarterback starts uh, start scrambling around and you know it's it's chaos and mayhem out there but they did a poor job they were not disciplined enough uh in those scramble rules and they weren't disciplined period and with the penalties they took as well but you know uh, christian i thought offensively there's something to build on there with trey ford and you got to give Jerry jackson i think some more time with the offense i think there is a a bit more of uh emphasis on trying to be a bit more creative, but he's only had the offense in his hands for a couple of weeks. So um uh, but you're right. I mean they got some production last night, but you know, in the second half, I mean they only scored seven points, right? So they gotta find a way to push and and keep the keep the foot on the gas, I think, and not take it off the gas.
0: And it was a perfect play call on the Kyron Moore touchdown because everyone's on the line and you're thinking oh god if if they catch the ball here there's no one back there and that's exactly what happened but you just look at the numbers right five they had 13 first downs in the game five of them were on their second touchdown drive three of them were on that last drive that went ended up being a turnover on downs and that i mean that's eight of 13 right there so it's in terms of sustainability they need a little little bit more no doubt about it if i'm an elks fan i'm feeling better today because i think ford offer something that maybe Taylor Cornelius doesn't, but you're also pretty bummed because you had the, maybe the best team in the league on the ropes and you let them off.
1: Yeah. And, and you got to understand. Yeah, exactly. The, the The opponent wasn't, uh, wasn't very good for most of the first half and you had a chance to, to really come up with a, a shocking upset, you know, and give the bombers a shocking upset for the second time this season. But you know, the, this team is, uh, This team is having trouble learning the lessons. I'll say that, and uh, they come out of the second half, or come out to the second half, and they don't have the same intensity, the same uh, sort of, uh, I don't know, urgency. That's kind of a, you know, often thrown around word, but they don't come out with that same level, that same high level that they that they come out of the uh, the game with, or the start of the game. And you know, the debate: what's better, a fast start, or a good start, or, or a fourth quarter? performance, strong fourth quarter performance. Give me the ladder every single time, you know, and the Bombers found a way to take the game over. And when they were, you know, when they were down by five, and then were all of a sudden down by 12 again, they found a way to cut, close the gap uh, to five and then took the game over, right, and forced turnovers and that sort of thing. So um, the Elks are, you know, it's hard because if they are making progress, um, or want to make progress, it's really tainted by the way they come out in the second half and, and, and play the game. So, um, but you know, I, I think on offense there are some things to build on with Trey Ford. But you got to understand too, only his fourth start. He's going to start again next week in Hamilton. Uh, so they are trying to build something with him, and I, I do agree with that. And I do think there's a lot there um, that they could potentially unlock with Trey Ford. But you know, this team's in the early stage of that process and it might be pretty painful for a few more weeks
0: i'm sure when you're talking about lessons you're you're pointing to a drive that was pretty much all penalties that gave winnipeg good field position another play where dylan mitchell has this incredible catch that may not have been a catch not entirely sure didn't really get a good angle at it but next play fumble and that completely turns the game as well, just these little moments that if you're Edmonton, you're thinking, pan again, and then you see Kenny Lawler go out and make a one-handed catch. That guy was on your team last year.
1: <laughs> yes. I really wanted to be on the team by season's end, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it, – it, and and look, that's a little dig at Kenny Lawler. Love covering Kenny, watching him last year and watching him, period. He's the best receiver in the league. Let's just throw it out there right now. I think he's the best receiver in, in the CFL. Marcus Lewis could not have covered him any better. And I didn't think the throw was, was as accurate as it could have been from Drew Brown. And here's, you know, his catch radius, Kenny Wallace's catch radius is ridiculous. So well, what a great catch uh, for sure. So uh, yeah, I mean, when you're 9 and last night they were 0-8 before they lost the football game, obviously it became 0 9 You just got to play almost perfect football against a, a team like the Bombers and, you know, they they made them pay. I mean, they, they took those turnovers and turned them into touchdowns. And you take those two touchdowns away and maybe the Elks escape the game, right, with, with the win. Um, but, again, it's a four-quarter game. And, unfortunately, I have not seen very many four-quarter games out of this team. Well, I haven't seen it all in the Chris Jones era. You know, saw it very little in the in the 2021 season when they were 3-11. and And, um, you know, still trying to find the formula and, We'll see. I mean, their next five games, they got Hamilton, Ottawa, Calgary twice, and Saskatchewan. I think those are five potentially winnable games, but you're not going to win any games if you keep playing football the way they are right now.
0: I'm curious for your insight on the Elks' final play that they ran in the game. Down nine, obviously, chances of winning are very low, but the, the math says touchdown and a field goal gets it done. Third and two. I didn't mind them going for it there because by all accounts, they don't have a ton of faith in their kicking game but the play call seemed pretty, pretty lame, in my opinion. What what, what do you think there with the handoff to Brown that went nowhere?
1: Yeah, I I thought there was some uh, uh, kind of going back to the Stephen McAdoo playbook a little bit too much, and that just could be just, you know, Joel Jackson needs more time to put in his stamp on the offense, um, which is still going to have some flavor of Stephen McAdoo. But, you know, I, I didn't like, you know, in general, I didn't like there was Several drives in a row, or maybe three, four to five, that the first play of the drive was a handoff and it didn't go anywhere, right? So the play prior to that third and two call was Trey Four pulled the ball and went to his left, if I'm correct, and outran Willie Jefferson, who is still a phenomenal player, but he doesn't run as well. And you could tell that Willie was like, I can't catch this guy. And I'm thinking to myself, go after him again, right? And it was the RPO again, and Kevin Brown pulls the ball, takes the ball, and Trey Ford doesn't pull it himself and take it and just kind of do what he did the previous play. I thought I thought the opportunity was there to maybe victimize Jefferson again and, and get a first down. But, yeah, I didn't, did not like the execution, did not like the play call, and uh, unfortunately it was, uh, you know, a second half I thought I saw too much conservative play calling Trey Ford, called it out last night as well, and I don't think Chris Jones took too kindly to it and said, you know, everyone needs to stay in their lane and execute what's called. Um, but at the same time, I like the desire from Trey Ford. I mean, he wants to be QB1 on this team. He wants to win for this team. He wants to, to be the leader on this team, and I think that's uh, kind of a an attitude and a, and a and a flavor we haven't seen on this team for a while. All due respect to Taylor Cornelius, so um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, with more time, we see a little bit more um, creativity and uh, a little more depth in the playbook with Jerry Jackson at the at the helm.
0: Was there a feeling of resignation as the game went along last night?
1: Well, I felt when when uh, shown had the touchdown the, the, to put the points uh, first points on the board for for the Bombers, I I kind of felt a little bit of a oh feeling. Come across the stadium, and even looked on the field, and you can you kind of see the body language change with the defense, and you know that is something that has been a real problem with this defense for in this team for the last you know season and a half, and um, when something bad happens. Then it's like okay, then they're going to go on a run in some bad place. Now this felt more like uh, it's like a pull an old Peter Shirelli line who used to be the team of the rulers, the Death by a Thousand Cuts kind of loss, right? Where it wasn't you know a landslide of points allowed. I mean, again, one point the Elks made a five point lead in back to a twelve point lead right before the Bombers came back for good and won the game. So uh, there's definitely a feeling of you know, oh, with this team because they have found so many ways to lose games over the last two years, uh, their season and a half. Uh, I can count honestly. There's probably about nine games where I think they should have won in the last two two years, or could have won and haven't won. You know, definitely two this year against uh, the, the Riders, and I, you know, I felt last night's game was for the taking. Um, but it's yeah, it's just hard to see the team that they they don't find. Uh, a way to flush the negative they kind of stay with the negative far too long and then ultimately it just becomes a a mental battle and they end up losing that mental battle and and instead of flushing a play that was negative they it, it kind of stays with them so I would say there's some a lack of leadership and some immaturity on this team that still has to get resolved and they get Gina Lewis back next week that that helps and you know Tanner Green, their their longtime fullback, is uh, back in the mix as well. They just got Ed Ganey and Manny Arsenal back, but they lose a leader and lose Jess Beirfoil likely long term. So that's uh, you know that's a big issue to me. Is uh, this this team has a lot of growing up to do, and I don't think not enough leaders on the field to help help them along with that. Even though there are some leaders on the team.
0: Yeah, it's a mess in Edmonton here in Winnipeg. They're just happy they got away with one. But uh, Dave, appreciate your time. Thanks for this. And uh, hopefully you get a win soon.
1: Anytime. Thanks, Christian.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Thanks oh,
1: So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you all.